Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The question as we come to you from New York City this morning is, will there be basketball this afternoon and this evening? And here's the crazy thing. Nobody can tell you for sure, Jay Williams. I feel like the question is, let me turn my turn, mic on. It'd there you nice, go, I'm back. It'd be nice I'm to back. turn on your mic. Yes, it would be. I feel like the question is, will there be change? Will there be change? I feel like that's the question. Change in which change for who? For the communities? For for the players? Like, for who? For everybody, Key. I, I think in terms of, see, man, in terms of change to me, things take time. I agree. And, and as I said before, I go all the way back living in Los Angeles to Rodney King in the riots. Mm. And I saw firsthand in my community that those other communities put up a border. You couldn't go into Beverly Hills to, to, to loot. You couldn't go into West L.A. to loot. They had border wall up. Bam, police. Well, they're not letting you over there. I also were in L.A., live in L.A., doing the George Floyd protest and everything different now all of a sudden people in beverly hills people in westlake village people in utah wyoming colorado that's change you didn't see whites aligned with us and feeling a certain type of way years ago well now they feel some of the same pain because they feel pain for us not all but enough to start the process of change you know it's like anything else. Once you weed out the bad, the good will start. But it's so much bad from years beyond, they've eventually got to get out of the way. A lot of inertia there. You just got to be able to push it out. You got to. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Mike Breen and Woj are on the way here in the next half hour. Hang tight for that if you're a basketball fan. But... If you're a basketball fan, we got a real treat. We're being joined by Charles Grantham. That name might not be familiar to you, but his impact was huge. National Basketball Association Players Association Executive VP for a decade, the executive director for seven years. He helped craft four collective bargaining agreements, revenue sharing, salary cap. He has been there in the biggest moments that this league has had, and he joins us this morning. Charles, take us inside. Michelle Roberts, she's leading the Players Association at the moment. Chris Paul is the Players President. This is a watershed, huge moment. I know most of these things are about money and deals, but this is about something much bigger. Jay Will called it change. Take us inside those rooms when you're negotiating with the late, great David Stern or people of that ilk with the NBA players and their future in your hands. Well, you know, there are a couple of things, and it's great to be on with you guys. And, uh, Keyshawn, I heard you uh, speak about uh, change. And uh, whenever something like this occurs, and, of course, this is a once-in-a-lifetime a for me, as I see the players take a very firm stand here. I'm very proud of them, too. Um, but the, the, the issue now becomes, uh, as change agents, how do we actually implement this change and how does it come about? And uh, I've always felt that the, both players and owners uh, must accomplish uh, some of these things together. In other words, if we're looking at the business and we're understanding what, what sports can do potentially, you know, Nelson Mandela said well, sports can change the world. Well, we actually can if we can figure out a way to do it together. 
Um, so, so what we're looking at now and uh, making this statement, it's it's amazing how it, it caught on. I mean, obviously baseball players and um, uh, soccer players, uh, all of a sudden, you know, this this the impact of, of the boycott is being felt uh, around the world, actually. So what what happens now? And I'm of the strong, very strong belief uh, uh, President Obama used to call it the comfortable silence, that that silence among uh, mainly whites and those who, who didn't want to deal directly with the uncomfortable truths of racism and, and, and the, uh, the systemic uh, effects of racism. And, and so what I'm saying, what I mean by that is that that comfortable silence now among those of us who may go there when we are confronted with this has now been interrupted. And um, it, it really now says, what happens to the owner of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks? Now, he's come up and, and spoken. Um, what happens to the 29 owners uh, in the NBA? Uh, can, can they be rallied? Because in order to effectuate the kind of change we're talking about now, it's going to have to happen uh, both on a federal and, and, and local level. And the way that happens, unfortunately, today is that that's the strength of that political lobby, the same political lobby that got the ABA and the NBA to merge, the same one that got the AFL and the NFL to merge. It's the power of that lobby. And do we have it with us? Of, of course, the, the bringing attention to, to, to police brutality, it's been a national, international subject. Uh, where is that change going to happen and can it happen now? I say it can if we rally the sports people together. And think of it for a moment, uh, Keyshawn, if we had all of these owners uh, that, that stood up at the time when they were talking about the boycott of, uh, of uh, Kaepernick, uh, if we were all on the same page and using that clout in Washington and in the various city legislation, because it's going to take the legislation to change it. And uh, make no mistake about that, we're hopeful that this kind of protest will lead to that, I, I think, uh, converting that uh, comfortable silence. And maybe we've, we've put enough pressure now that it's uncomfortable to be silent, and it's hopeful that we can uh, uh, get these parties together. So I think Charlie. the challenge now rests with those who own teams that are sitting in that room uh, talking to Adam and to Michelle and that the, the the one good thing that you saw out of that was that both the NBA and the players decided to postpone those games. Charlie, uh, and I, that I want, was a joint decision. I wanted to ask you, Charlie, do the players do they have to take a firm stand, stance and boycott? And if they do decide to boycott and not finish the season, what do they need to ask the owners to do? Well, right now, I think <clears throat> the biggest uh, the biggest is the voice of those who own franchises. We're talking about multi-billionaires. We're talking about the political clout and lobby that we need now to move forward. We constantly hear about the vote. We, we, we recognize the, the importance of this year's elections. Um, so the, the political clout that the, all NBA owners in their sphere of influence is helpful at this point. The fact that they will be united, that the NBA and its players and its owners, not just the NBA office, but its ownership. And I think uh, the more we hear from them, hopefully today, that um, 
that will have a move in, move in, in, the, in, in, the, in the right direction here. Charlie, what, what should the NBA, NBA owners be afraid of, though? Shouldn't, well, shouldn't they be afraid of something? Well, here's the, here's the deal. We, we recognize that owning a franchise and the franchise values over this last decade have grown tremendously, Keyshawn, have, have made it more uh, attractive for those of wealth to invest, if they can, if they get an opportunity to be in that, that select fraternity, if they get a chance to own a team, I mean, that's that the, the, the value has has I, 16, 18 percent a year annually over the last decade, probably. So in terms of alternative investments, they see owning a team today, even during this pandemic, the the the, the Mets will go for sale. That will be, probably be a record sale. So 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 the issue is. Um, they they want to protect their investment. Because well, mm-hmm. when you say, what are they afraid of? They want to protect their investment. But I think they're beginning to see that protecting that investment does not mean giving anything up here. Because the unity of both the players and the owners are only going to make this product better. You know, what, what, what kinds of things affect our product? What kind of outside forces affect our, uh, our product, our game on the field or on the court? Of the business of of, of sport, um, believe it or not, this does. I mean, I mean, you can take it selfishly. Listen, that could have been any one of my star players riding down the street, and all of a sudden he's stopped by the police, and boom, we have a problem. And he could be my most valuable player. So, so the question that we often avoid is that when we have 60, 70, 75 percent of the players in both football and basketball and others being black. Then, if I'm an owner of a team, I have an asset out there that could be destroyed in about five minutes. So I have to be concerned about these things, and I have to, as I'm participating in a community of taxpayers, and I, I perhaps some of these stadiums are or have financed by by taxpayers. I mean, come on, I have to have to care about what goes on in my community. I have to protect everybody in this community, and uh, I'm hopeful that this kind of uh, Unity will be will be presented later today that uh, Adam will come up and and have all the owners at the Board of Governors standing up and supporting this issue. I think we all agree with that. Very few people have ever been inside the room when it happens. Charles was really appreciate your perspective this morning. Thank you, sir. Oh, I just want to say one thing. I hope the college players see the effect of the boycott. Oh, they're watching. They should be next. Oh, they're watching. We are united. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. Bye bye. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17, and we're brought to you by Chase, another beautiful day here in Lower Manhattan. Just want to mention, we're going to get to Mike Breen here in just a second. He, of course, is the lead play-by-play for the NBA on ESPN and ABC, and he's joining us via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Crude oil is crude, natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence IVA wear test using SAE 5W30. It is a rite of passage in April, May, and June to hear the word bang, or the other night for Luca, it was a bang, bang, bang. bang. It was a double. I hope it's not the last bang we've heard for the season, but people are not optimistic. Woj isn't optimistic. Jay Will isn't. We bring in Mike Breen. Mike, I want to say this right off the top and ask you a LeBron question because of the role he plays uh, with the players. You have called every single 
NBA Finals game LeBron has ever played in. We looked that up the other day. I know you've got a ton of access to him before games. What do you think he, what kind of role do you think he will play here? You're so used to calling his play-by-play on the court, but his role off the court in deciding whether we see more basketball this season is what, Mike? Well, you know, Zubin, and good morning, guys. Um, the, the one thing, not the one, but one of the things that has been impressive about him is he's always understood his place in today's game, and he's always understood um, his responsibility in terms of, you know, basketball, in terms of carrying himself as, as, a, as an ambassador for the game, but just as importantly, realizing um, where he stands in today's society in terms of the impact he can have to change lives in so many different ways, whether it's the schools that he started, the, the education reform, now what he's doing with, uh, with trying to help with, with voting, um, fight against voting suppression. He's, he's has, he has an am- amazing big picture view of his life as a basketball player and his life as a man. So you know he's taking this seriously. You know he's looking at the big picture. And he has obviously just tremendous uh, influence uh, not just of the younger players, but of even the, the, the star players. So I, I think where he goes is is a good chance. That's where everybody's going to go. You know, there, there's going to be differences of opinion, but his ability to accept the responsibility of having uh, this kind of impact and making the right decisions has always been, to me, one of the really impressive things about him. Mike, do you think this is the most impactful moment in the history of the NBA? Well, it's a great question, Jay. I think it has potential to be that. Um, you know, I, to me, I've I've al- already felt the impact that it's had. Um, you know, I, I like to be uh, a really positive person, and and although there's so so much far we have to go, so much that needs to be done, I, I've already I really feel since this whole thing started down here in the bubble, uh, the amount of of awareness. And perhaps just as importantly, the amount of enlightenment for people who may not have have really listened before, who may have not really understood what the player's message was, uh, I I think it's already had an impact. Um, But for them to to cancel games, you know, it takes a different different turn when it's all of a sudden you're sacrificing um, something that's that's so dear to you. For example, you know, watching the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday when they all gathered together after they came out of the locker room after something like three hours, every single player on that, on that team has dreamed their entire lives about winning a championship. Not one of them have. And here they're so close. I mean, this, this could be the year that they've achieved the dream that they've worked their entire careers for and in many ways their entire lives for. And right now they're willing to give that up if they feel it can make the difference. And when you have that kind of, of um, desire to sacrifice for for the greater good as opposed to your own individual goals, uh, that's when you have something special. That's when you have something that could be really impactful. Mike, how surprised were you that the boycott took place when it did? Um, that, that's a great question, Keyshawn. I, I think, um, you know, it's like the human element of living in this bubble, it, it's the great unknown. Um because, you know, th- these guys are they're isolated. They're away from their families. They're away from their children. So you have your good days. You have your bad days. 
Um, then you add in all the, the other things that are going on outside of the bubble, the, the pandemic, the consequences, obviously health-wise, the consequences financial-wise that people's lives you know, have been lost, that people's lives have been destroyed in terms of losing their jobs and their businesses. And now you add the racial unrest. So it all it, it becomes this cumulative effect and you don't know when the dam is going to burst. And, and I do think uh, a couple of things played a role in, in this. You know, for example, Paul, Paul George admitting that that the bubble got the best of him and that he's, he's dealing with anxiety and depression. I think that hit home with a lot of players. Fred Van Bleet, his comments about, hey, yeah, we've drawn attention, but we're not getting the change we want. I, I think that hit home. And then, of course, Doc Rivers, you know, raw emotion that came out. Um, I, I think that touched the emotions of so many others and ignited the emotions of so many others. So uh, I think all those things combined with this accumulation of all that's going on. And it finally, you know, the tipping point or the, whatever cliche you want to use the tipping point or the damn burst, but, but that's what, I think that's what caused it. And, and, and it, you know, maybe it was a surprise because it, it happened so quickly um, but maybe not such a surprise overall. With everything you just said, should the NBA continue? Should the season continue on? Yeah, that, that's for me. That's a hard thing to answer. Um, I, I think it's it's in the hearts of each player. Um, personally, I, I think that the, the forum that they've had and the platform that they've had has been unbelievable, and I think would get even more um, notice and recognition as we go farther in the playoffs. So I think it's, a, it's an amazing platform for them. And again, I, I feel it's already done a great deal of good. Now, you know, the Jacob Blake situation was so dis, dispiriting and so disheartening for them feeling, oh, we're doing all this. And another, another incident happens like this. Another man is shot. Um, so I, I, I think from, from that standpoint, you know, it, it's like they, they took a, a punch to the gut and it backed them up a little bit. But I still feel progress has been made. I really do. And I think it, it would continue if they continued with this forum. But it's hard to, for me to say that because for, for these young men and, you know, who live it every day and feel that, that they're missing out on doing something that could be more important outside of the bubble, that, that's for each individual to decide. Mm-hmm. Mike, real quick, uh, you know, obviously all these players, you don't have a lot of points of reference due to the fact that they are isolated, right? Don't have a chance to sit down and talk with other people. How is it inside the bubble uh, kind of dealing with that, that lack of exposure to other people to help you ultimately come to a conclusion? You know what? Um, I, I think that's, Again, this is the the unknown in the bubble. We all thrive on human contact, you know, whether it's family or friends. Um, and I think that that plays a role in in everybody's mindset here. And it's that's been one of the strange things, you know. Just for me personally, you know, obviously I love to call games, but maybe my favorite part of the job are, is the relationships and the relationships that you 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 build with coaches and with players and. You know, I, I think it's for me, it's been an honor to, to get to know so many of these young men, not not as just as basketball players, but as as sons and fathers and husbands. Um, and I have so much respect and admiration for them. So I'm down here and I miss that part terribly. That's the part that I, I dislike the most because we're in a different bubble tier than the players and coaches. So we have not had one second of direct contact. Everything is on a Zoom call or on a, on a phone call. Uh, and, and that's an important to me that and that's the best part of it all so that plays into it um that lack of human contact in terms of 
you know, feeling normal. It's not normal. There's nothing normal down here. And listen, I get it. They, they have, they're staying in luxury hotels. We're staying in beautiful hotels, um, making money, all the amenities you want. But it's still, it's a strange, strange feeling being down here. Mike D'Antoni said it pretty well. He said, every day is Wednesday. <laughs> and it's, it, it feels like that. It's, it's just, it, it's hard to put into words. It's, there's part of it surreal. And again, like I said, some days you feel, okay, this is a good day. Some days, man, what am I doing here? And I know the players, that's what they're, they're thinking sometimes from day to day. And it's, it's, and everybody deals with it so differently. So it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, Sometimes, um, I don't want to say it's hard to get through it, um, but it's just such such a different experience uh, that it's not, it's a challenge. It really is a challenge is probably the best way to say it. Yeah, Groundhog Day effect. You call LeBron winning the championship in 2012 and 2013 with the Heat, of course, that seminal win in 2016 to bring Cleveland their first championship. And many people believe this is LeBron's last best chance. Let's just hope we hear at least one more game with you, Jeff, and Mark, really appreciate the perspective this morning, Mike. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, guys, and, and best of luck with the show. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike Breen, the voice of the NBA. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you to listen to ESPN Audio at home via your smart speaker. You can get ESPN Audio at home, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. The NBA is ready for anything today. The question is, when they meet, what happens? And what happens in the next few hours or the next few minutes? Woj, the NBA's best insider, from the bubble, with all the details, next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I was going to talk about something because my wife told me to stay off social media, but there's a hashtag, hashtag that says, move to China. Mean, Move to China. That's the hashtag going on right now. So Me and your wife told you to stay I know. So people thing. rather say, move to China instead of addressing real-world issues here in our country with inequality and racism. Yeah, they, Fascinating, people. 
Very fascinating that that is trending right now on social media. Had to get off my chest. But you, Sorry, Zubin. Totally understand. I hate to follow up because we got oh. woes coming up. But them people stupid, man. Why even man. engage you know, in this? <sighs> Let's get the Woj. Let's get back on track. Woj is here, thankfully, to tell us what might happen here. Obviously, it's a fluid situation. Adrian, I guess the first thing we want to ask you is, what are we expecting today? Like, what is going to happen today meeting-wise? <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen today, guys. Uh, yesterday was a remarkable day here, and one that I don't think any of us who cover the NBA, who, who've covered sports in, in, in my generation, will we'll forget. But to set the table for today, the players have an 11 a.m. meeting here in the bubble, and the owners uh, have a board of governors call at the same time, I'm told, 11 a.m. Obviously, that'll be done virtually. And so simultaneously, those two groups will be meeting, and the players, I think after a night, it was an emotional day. It was an emotional meeting they had with uh, most of the players in the bubble. Coaches were there last night. There came a point where the players asked the coaches to leave so they could hash it out amongst themselves. The teams, I was told, broke up into groups. Uh, and then they're going to continue that conversation this morning. But, I mean, what's at stake is simply this season. And are the players as a group going to decide to move forward, continue the playoffs? Uh, by all indications, that the three games that are scheduled today uh, were not going to be played. The league hadn't officially um, uh, announced it, but every indication we got in last night, regardless of what they decide moving forward, that those three games later in the day uh, wouldn't be played. But the players have more to work through and talk through and consider a lot of different, uh, consider a lot of different scenarios and, and ultimately consequences of what it would mean to shut this bubble down. You're there in the bubble walls and you could get, and, and I just want to know, like, what is, what's the feeling? Is it like, does it feel like numb and empty and just spooky? And what's that feeling like? I think the last several days, Keyshawn, and you could feel it building. You, you could watch on, I think you guys could watch on television and, and, and read what people were saying and see the interviews with George Hill and Fred Van Vliet and the emotion that players were carrying since the shooting of Jacob Blake earlier in the week and how that resonated, not just all over the country, but here. And on top of the emotion, and guys have been in here a long time, and it wears on you, and guys miss their families. Guys feel uh, at times like they're, they're captive in this place. It, I get it. It's a resort. Like, I, and I don't mean to... It is a resort, and I get it. And, and and all of us are lucky to be able to work in this country right now, and a lot of people can't. But there is a cumulative effect about being away this long. And you add on top of that uh, the horrific nature of that shooting, uh, another in, in a series of them, in years of them, or decades, 
of them, uh, a century of them. And so uh, that impacted this place and it impacted those inside. And there was a domino effect yesterday of once the Bucks made the decision to not come out of the locker room and not play and then how it impacted the other teams and it led to that meeting last night that was pretty raw at times. The two L.A. teams, the L.A. Clippers and the Lakers, have two of the, I would say, most powerful voices in professional sports in Jeannie Buss and Steve Ballmer. What type of influence can they have on the rest of the NBA owners to get something done in favor of the players? It's a good question. Um, I think the question is, and I think what the players were spending last night doing, and and previously, it's been an ongoing conversation here, but is there something, and, and, I, and, and I know in the meeting last night, a lot of players discussed it. I know C.J. McCollum was, uh, who's an executive on the Players Committee, or uh, on, the, on, the, on the Executive Committee of the Players Association, C.J. McCollum of the Blazers, Jalen Brown of the Celtics, who are leaders uh, in the union and, and top players in the league, talked about having a plan of action. And the Bucks in the locker room, in those hours after, that they, after they decided not to play, working with their own ownership in Milwaukee to get on the phone, the attorney general, uh, the lieutenant governor in Wisconsin, to talk about ways to move forward, uh, to try to impact uh, that particular case in in their state, in Kenosha. And so you saw players already beginning to do that yesterday. Now, how does that continue today? The, what, what players were asking themselves, and I know what organizations were asking their players when they got back to their rooms last night, back to the hotels, what is the end game? If we don't play, what is it that what is it that we want to accomplish outside of the bubble, outside of this environment, outside of the platform that you have right now to play uh, play NBA games and speak to the world through through this? What does that look like? And so I think that's all going to be part of the conversation today with the players and with the owners if they kind of reconnect after those two meetings. Woj, if the players do decide to boycott, what will the future economic impact be for the league and the players? Jay, dramatic. I mean, dramatic. And Michelle Roberts of the Players Association was in the meeting last night, and she's been down here in the bubble, and she has met with teams individually and laid out, and you know, I did some reporting on that, about laying out to them what the calendar looks like for next year. We're not going to probably start at December 1. When free agency might start, and – What's looming is the owners have the ability, both sides have the ability, but, but the owners have the ability to terminate the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, I think that threat might loom larger, potentially, if the revenue from the bubble, if, if this is shut down and the season isn't completed, and you go into next year not knowing when you could start with fans, when you could be able to have people in buildings which is about 40% of the league's revenue, you know, she laid out that it could increase the chances, uh, whether you play or not play, of, of, of essentially a lockout, right? Of well, what does that mean? Can you, can, you, can you explain what the, the force majeure 
means and, and what that means to the yeah. CBA and what so, that means so to the So the owners have, yeah, both sides have an ability because the force majeure is in the event of a catastrophic act. Uh, it could be it could be a war. In this case, it's a pandemic, pandemic slash epidemic that essentially because you the league got shut down and there's a dramatic loss in revenue and a future potential loss in revenue that basically the 5149 revenue sharing structure they had doesn't work. Uh, it, it doesn't work when there's um, so little revenue coming in that and what the league and the players were already working on was. Uh, basically amending the CBA for just the one year to account for dramatic loss in revenue that the players in the league thought and, and still believe generally they can get through the next year by making adjustments to the CBA that's in place to account for the financial losses without having to blow up the entire model. And so by not playing now, by the revenue loss there and then the uncertainty going forward, you are there is perhaps a greater risk that the league would then make that decision. We're not there yet. It hasn't been shut down, but if it does, it's going to be a consideration. And so all of those things for the players are all part of the thought process. And that was talked about in the meeting last night. That was um, talked about with the players. It was talked about coming down to the bubble, that if we don't come to the bubble, if we don't finish the season, does that put us in a place for all of those things to happen and that domino to happen. So, I mean, guys, there's a lot at stake today. There's no question. And, uh, you know, it's, it is not an easy, it's not an easy discussion. Well, real quick. I got to be disobedient of my producers, but I have to ask you this. If LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard decide not to move forward, can the NBA resume? Keyshawn, I don't know the answer to that question. If there are two teams who don't want to play, potentially, and 11 who do, this is unprecedented. It's uncharted territory. I don't think there's there, there's no guide somewhere in the league office about what you do. And so I I don't know. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if we're going to get there today. I, I do believe that both those organizations thought, sleeping on it, that players might look differently today. You know, last night was essentially like polling. Where are we right now? There weren't any decisions made last night about who's going to play and not going to play, but they kind of got a sense of where everybody was, and they thought maybe people would be in different places today. And, and so we'll find out when players start talking again later this morning. We'll okay. see it. And Woj did say there are two huge simultaneous meetings that will be taking place, and I know he'll be tracking all the developments and he has the Woj Pod brand new episode dropped this morning about everything that happened last night from the NBA's best insider. And that Woj Pod is, uh, pod is brought to you by the new Ford Super Duty built Ford Tough. Adrian, thanks. We'll see you throughout the day on SportsCenter, I'm sure. Thanks, Woj. Guys, thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. All right. Absolutely. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has the full court cell phone coverage you need. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data than 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. So that's the big story of the morning. Will the NBA season continue? Woj will be on top of it. Our Michael Wilbon, who's been covering the league for decades, says on the way... Short-term considerations have to be much greater than long-term considerations. And he's got a simple reason why. He'll have that next. You're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and this morning on ESPN News.
Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. So the question this morning at the South Street Seaport Studio with Jay Williams and Keyshawn Johnson of Zubin Mahenti is how does everything that's going on with the NBA affect the NFL. We'll talk to the NFL's executive vice president, Troy Vincent. That's coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern time. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has given away up to $100 million in prizes to all their customers. Just download the DraftKings app, sign up using the code KJZ, then enter a free football survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We've weighed in, but many people, I know almost a million people a day, weigh in and watch Tony and Mike on Pardon the Interruption. And you better believe, obviously, this was the topic du jour yesterday for the two. And Mike got really emotional after Tony asked him this. I have no idea what will happen next. Do you? I imagined it last night. Yeah, you could see it coming, Tony. Before Doc even talked, if we, just listening to players, I, I talked to a few people in the bubble and a lot of people outside of it, and this was percolating. Yes, because the short term, Tony, is to get people to stop killing folks. That's the short term. That's the short term goal. Stop shooting me. Stop. Make it so that I am not afraid to see a police car okay. driving down the Dan Ryan in Chicago or the Beltway in Washington, D.C., or wherever the hell you want to be, the 405 in L.A. Make it so that I can not look over my shoulder at a police car and worry if my son is going to be safe in the car. These are the immediate questions that we are dealing with, and this is the emotion you heard in Doc's voice. And how? Let, think about the complexity for Doc, the perspective. His father was a cop. I knew Doc's father. 
I mean, it, 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 it's, it's so difficult, and the point of view can be different from person to person, but the first goal is stop killing people. And, I, and Tony, I told you all spring, I am not singing Kumbaya. I don't believe that the country has made a turn. I don't, because people are still getting shot. When people are not shot anymore, then I'll say, okay, let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. But I, I told you all spring, I'm cynical about this. This is why. Kenosha, Wisconsin is why. Guys, he is not optimistic. He used the word cynical. He brought as much passion, Jay Will, as you've been bringing this morning on this very subject. Yeah, it's um, it's something that we've been talking about for a very long time, Zubin. It's not like, it's always interesting to me when people combat these conversations by giving me alternate things that are, are happening in the community. And, and I understand that. First off, I don't condone any violence. I think all acts of violence are wrong. But if you look at the sustainability of the acts of violence that have happened against African-Americans. It's happened since the beginning of the time of, of our country. So, and look at the Jim Crow laws. There's a lot of things that go into this, the gentrification. And I, people don't want things to be, get political. I, I remember I said this a couple of months ago when we had the pandemic and all this stuff was happening and people say, hey, we don't want politics and sports. I just said, put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. It's going to be one hell of a ride. And I feel like we're just at the beginning of it. So for anybody, if you don't have the mental endurance to handle this, if you feel that the, the combination of politics and sports is something that you don't want sports to be involved with, it's going to tell you now, don't watch sports in. <laughs> it's not just going to pertain to the NBA. Not moving forward. It's going yeah. to move in the NFL. It's going to have conversations around the NHL. It's going to happen in MLB. That's just the reality of where we're going to be now in 2020 as we move forward. It's a new reality for people. You may not like it, but it's what the new norm is going to become. College sports as well. I mean, it's... They're it, watching it, this. It, everybody's watching and paying attention to what's going on. But Mike is right. Stop killing us, man. Not just with guns in any way possible that you feel suit for how you want to be violent. It's, you know... George Floyd wasn't shot, right? It was a knee on the neck. Mm -hmm. Stop it. And you say, how, how can we stop these sort of things from happening? I don't know what can be put in other than a real harsh penalty, an eye for an eye type situation. When you're found guilty doing something that you shouldn't be doing, throw away the key just like you would do normal citizens just because you have a badge doesn't allow you to go and gun somebody down. When you are found guilty of doing that, throw away the key just like you would do anybody else. That may slow it down because, as I said to you the other day, I have an eight-year-old son that is afraid of sirens mm -hmm. for whatever reason, whether he's seen it in the newspaper, online when he's online, listening to a television out of his room, what, whatever the case may be, it has to stop. Well, it has things, to stop immediately. Certain things like elimination of qualified immunity, right, that they have within these unions, these police unions. You think about things like creation of mandatory civilian review boards. These are things that you can start doing at a local level, too, where you can provide accountability. 
I, I think that's a word that we really need to focus on, accountability for police officers. We've been doing accountability for a while, and, and we still ain't got nowhere. Accountability for the NFL. We'll talk to a VP next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.